Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Sarah. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. We're having a good time already recording this podcast. <laughs> yes. It's it's super fun. I can't wait till we're in the newsroom doing it together. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Production Night. I'm joined with my very giggly, amazing co-host, Caitlin Robinson, our news editor. And we're just having a great time already here on the podcast. So we're excited to give you guys such a great show. Yes, definitely very excited. Definitely a little bit giggly. So yeah, we wanted to do a recap for everyone. We've had a couple of very exciting episodes. Caitlin, did you have any favorite stories from the past episodes from last week, from any week? I think definitely for last week, the Pfizer vaccine being offered from SDSU is a really important story. And I know there's been a lot of COVID-related stories. I know people might be a little bit tired of it, but at the same time, we're getting back in person and we're getting to go back on campus. So anything that's updating like that, I think is really exciting. I want everyone to be safe and I want everyone to be back together on campus. Oh yeah, I totally agree with you. And yes, definitely. It's been nothing but COVID news, COVID news, COVID news. And I think we're all a little tired of it, but yeah, you're absolutely right. We're going back on campus and if we have to wear masks, it's just another thing that we have to take care of, we have to do, but hey, it's not online Zoom meetings anymore. And a lot of us, myself included, get to go back to campus and experience campus because when COVID happened, I didn't even get to go on campus. I was just a transfer student who was doing Zoom classes. So I'm very excited to explore SDSU. I'm very excited to see Daily Aztec. I haven't been to what Trinity and everyone calls the cave. So I'm excited to get back to that. And we're going to be doing production night there in person, which I can't believe. So that's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. It's definitely very fun. It's a great atmosphere in the newsroom like you're going to see and on campus I I was a freshman when COVID hit, so I did get half of a year on campus. So I'm really excited to have everyone back there with me because that's half the atmosphere is all the students and all the events that the school puts on. So I'm definitely very excited and I'm excited to be in the newsroom. I'm very excited for the cubicles and just everything, the craziness of production night, the night before the paper comes out. It's a little stressful. It's a little chaotic. It's going to be fun. I'm ready for it. It, That's the excitement. And that's what gets your blood pumping. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So, Caitlin, this week we have a bunch of music-related stories that we have to talk about. We have a music lineup for this podcast. New music has been released, and we are excited to share it with all of you. And hey, speaking of podcasts and music... We have a music podcast called The Daily Aztec Music that's hosted by sports editor Jason Freund, our arts and culture editor Ryan Hardison, and our assistant arts and culture editor Christina Lombardo. So expect all of your music-related news to come from them, but for right now, it's being covered by us. Yes, you get a little preview from us, (laughs) and then they'll take the reins. Okay, our first story is written by our managing editor, Trinity Bland. She wrote about Camila Cabello's new song, Don't Go Yet. 
It was released on July 23rd, and it is what Trinity calls a Cuban music milestone. And I really love the way that Trinity wrote about the song. I love the way she writes about music. I don't think I had read a lot of her writing about music before until today. And I was listening to the song at the same time as I was reading her writing. And it was just a really cool experience. And I pulled a little paragraph that she wrote that I think describes her piece and the music pretty well. Bland writes, while Cuban music has immensely contributed to the global development of jazz and salsa, in addition to the other diverse genres native to countries like France, Jamaica, and most remarkably, the United States, Miami uniquely embraces Cuban culture unlike any other U.S. city. Its history has included riots, violence, and madness, as well as multiple waves of immigration, all of which have pioneered the evolution of Miami's musical legacy and exemplified the American dream. Oh my goodness, yes, I totally agree. I love the way that Trinity puts that into perspective. And she writes so passionately about music, and I love reading her reviews on music, and I love seeing it through her eyes. And I think Trinity really captured the essence of this song. And I absolutely love Camila Cabello and I love her music. And I love how she's embracing her heritage because she is half Cuban and half Mexican. And I love to see the growth from her because she was in Fifth Harmony and she was embracing a solo career and now she's producing bops like this. And it's absolutely amazing, and I hope that she continues to produce such amazing songs, and she continues to follow her culture and heritage and do more Cuban music, because this song was really amazing. Yeah, and I think Trinity does an awesome job of describing how she's grown as an artist, and yeah, like you said, she's grown out of Fifth Harmony a little bit, and it's just exploring all the different ways she can create music. And I believe her article also said that this is her first single uh, after a little while. Mm -hmm. So people weren't sure what to expect, but I think everyone was really pleasantly surprised and excited. So definitely go check out that song and go check out Trinity's article because she writes really beautifully about it. Yes, she does. Absolutely. Everything is on the Daily Aztec website. So go check it out. And Caitlin, speaking about growth and changing and all that stuff you do as an artist, I am really excited to talk about this next article because... I don't know if you are a fan. Do you know who Five Seconds of Summer is? Yes, I do. <laughs> I yeah. I saw Five Seconds of Summer when they performed in the Aztec, uh, was it Aztec Arena? Oh is my that what God. it's called? Yes, in um, Calco Stadium. What's our stadium called? <laughs> Calco Stadium. It wasn't Calco. It was like, oh. it was in the basketball court. Oh, with yeah. the chain smoker. I saw my freshman year with my roommate. With the chain yes, smoker. Yes, yeah. It was chain smoker. And yes. five seconds of summer. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny because I was also there. <laughs> you were? No way. I, I was, yes. You were the motorcycles in the circle? Mm -hmm. Like the motor the motorcycles that drove around in the circle with a person oh. in it? That was oh, yeah. insane. That was insane. Yeah. You had to be there. You had to be there. Absolutely. That concert was <laughs> insane. Chain smokers put on a really, really good concert. So, Five Seconds of Summer, if you haven't heard of them, they are from Australia, they are a four-piece band, and the lead singer and guitarist, Luke Hemmings, has launched his own solo music with Starting Line and Motion. Those are his starting songs, and this story was written by Christina Lombardo, who I mentioned earlier. So, she wrote about how Hemmings 
will release his first solo album, When Facing the Things We Turn Away From, on August 13th, and how he released his first album single, Starting Line, a song that grazes influential synthetic beats, which can be heard in previous projects like Five Seconds of Summer's 2020 album, Calm, which I personally think was one of their best albums that they ever did. So Lombardo breaks down starting line that the first thing is more sci-fi prominent sound and it only takes seconds before listeners can indulge in the journey that Hemings encountered in the year of isolation. These songs were written during the pandemic and for Hemings he felt that it allowed him to further decipher his own life and for listeners they can relate to the theme of self isolation that they may have experienced in this pandemic. As Christina put it, it can be challenging to enjoy the little things in life when living a superstar lifestyle such as Hemings. For years, it's been nonstop touring, promoting, and marketing for him and his bandmates. She goes on to write, it's possible moments that seem insignificant to listeners are ones he never got to fully enjoy, and that makes this song much more relatable. I agree with you 100%, Christina. It's the little things in life. And as she goes on, you know, as things start to look up, many people wished, you know, what we could be doing in this whole pandemic. But now that we can again, it makes us appreciate the things that we couldn't do for a whole year a lot more. And then she goes into, as recently as June 21st, having released his other song, Motion, and expressed the same theme of loneliness being expressed and finding a balance of being alone with yourself. But Motion is a bit different from Starting Line, musically. Noticeably heavy presence of drum and guitar, distinct sci-fi listen to it, and comparing them, Hemings took an, a couple extra seconds into the intro before allowing the listeners to hear what he's trying to communicate. And so Christina puts at the end, by the end of the album, the assumption is he would soon realize who he is and how he was able to get through his past year. Luke struggled a lot during the pandemic, I know, being a fan of him, and they all struggled. They couldn't come together to be five seconds of summer, and even the drummer, Ashton Irwin, he released a solo album during the pandemic. And it was just their way of coping, of making music. And if they couldn't do what their band, they did it by themselves. And Christina did a really, really good job at capturing the essence of Luke. She wrote so beautifully about the songs and describing them. And Caitlin, what I absolutely love is she used her own photos that she took at a 2014 concert when they were just fetuses. They were just so young in those photos. And it's, oh my gosh. Anyway, Caitlin, what are your thoughts on this? Are you excited for the album? Are you excited to listen? Have you had a chance to listen to any of these songs? Or I have not heard his new album, but Christina's article makes me want to go listen to it. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit behind on my music because I've been working all summer. But now after this podcast, I have so much to listen to. I have so much to catch up on. The world's coming out of it. <laughs> it's exciting. Yes, absolutely. Yes, I really enjoyed her article. And so, guys, go listen to Starting Line, go listen to Motion, look out for his new album, go read this article, maybe go listen to the songs while you're reading the article. I don't know, but I really, really enjoyed this. Christina, thank you so much for writing this. It's amazing. And yeah, I just, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it.
The next song that we're going to talk about is the new single from Kiana Lead and Kehlani called Your Best Friend. Trinity Bland also wrote an article about this song, also was released on July 23rd. And I also love the way that Trinity wrote this article because the song is very interesting since it's very catchy. It's very enticing, as Trinity says. It's a very enticing song and it's about cheating with your significant other's best friend. And I also pulled a paragraph from Trinity's writing because I do love the way that she describes the music. Bland writes, your best friend is tender and sensual from start to finish when describing the emotional unrest one may feel as a result of falling for a partner's best friend, effectively making for the perfect sneaky link anthem. Musically, its deep bass line works together well with the consistently rhythmic yet simple piano chords to create that signature classic R&B sound, corroborating the reckless lyrics that tell a rather complicated story. So do you have any thoughts, Sarah, on this song? Have you listened to it? I also would listen to this while I was reading Trinity's article. I did the exact same. <laughs> but I really enjoyed her article and I really enjoyed the song and I felt like it captured what these modern R&B artists were trying to say, capturing the emotion one might feel when falling for a significant other's best friend. What Trinity writes basically sums up my whole reaction. The song is very groovy and yeah, they did a really, really good job at writing the song. One of the things she talks about is she goes, take it from them. This isn't something they would have chosen if they could help it by any means. But at least in terms of the physical benefits they receive from secret rendezvous with the best friend, they make cheating sound like euphoria. I just absolutely love the way that she writes that. I also love how artists have a knack for creating such catchy songs from things that they've been through and they can write from experience and create these catchy songs. And especially with these two artists, they made something that is so wrong sound so right and I think that's a lyric from the song itself but it's very catchy very beautiful and who knows if they are writing from experience maybe this is a could have should have would have who knows but it's very beautiful very catchy I really really enjoyed it and I really encourage you guys to go take a listen to this song so in casual news I guess you could say uh have you been watching the Olympics and what events have you been seeing because I know you can't watch every single event consecutively the news kind of jumps around from event to event so I've been seeing a lot of swimming diving and track events Mm -hmm. once in a while some gymnastics but uh, what have you been watching yeah about the same a lot of swimming and gymnastics too I've seen that they emphasize a lot But actually, I watched golf, and that was really interesting because Xander Chauvelet, he went to SDSU, and he just won and brought home the gold for USA. And I know him from watching golf. Like, he's very famous in the golf. He's just amazing. And to hear that he was from San Diego and he went to SDSU, I was like, wow. Good for him for bringing home the gold for Team USA. He is an amazing player. I'm so glad that he is the one who represents us in the golf world. And it was really, really cool to see that. I did hear about that. 
although I have to admit, I do not watch a lot of golf, but not my sport, but I'm, I'm glad he won. And I, I wouldn't have any, what do you call it? I don't have a yardstick to compare it to. I could watch it, but I couldn't tell you what is like good or not so good. <laughs> I'd probably watch it pretty blindly. No, yeah. so I've watched the 400 meter hurdles on the news and I watched both the men's and the women's. And I saw that Karsten Warholm, if I pronounce that correctly, he broke the world record for the 400 meter hurdles. And you've probably seen his face on social media. When he crossed the finish line, he ripped his jersey open. His eyes were huge. He was so excited and shocked to have broken that record. And he broke the record by so much that even the silver medalist in that race also broke the previous world record. So that was insane to watch I guess it wasn't live on tv because of the time difference but to me it was live it was the first time I saw it and it was incredible to see and then uh, I don't know an hour or so later they aired the women's 400 meter hurdles where Sydney McLaughlin from the United States broke her own world record winning the gold medal and that was also just incredible to see you see these athletes and you think there's no way they could run any faster or jump any further and when you see them break their own records I'm like that's incredible that's superhuman to me that's so crazy but I'm super happy for them and also um the silver medalist was Delilah Muhammad who was coming back from both an injury and she had COVID not super recently, but they did mention it on the news. So I know that athletes, some athletes have had like adverse effects that have followed them after having COVID and she still brought it and got the silver medal. So that was also really incredible to see. Wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's so great. You know, world records being broke, all that good stuff. You know, I'm not really a track and field person, but Hey, you know what, if we're breaking, we're breaking world records, let's do it. (laughs) This is how we balance each other out. Yeah. I'll be the track. (laughs) And you know about the golf and we're combining our knowledge. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Not only that, but Team USA women gymnasts are kicking butt and doing so amazing. Also, with the recent news of Simone Biles, if you guys remember last week, we touched a little bit on that and how she took a step in the right direction. Mental health coming first, and we completely agree. There is a lot of pressure on her, but good for her for competing in the solo competition and still bringing home a medal and it's amazing that she brought home a bronze medal i'm really happy that she came back and she decided to compete and i cannot imagine the pressure that these women gymnasts have on them to compete so that's really amazing to hear absolutely i couldn't stand seeing some people have like the audacity to criticize her for taking her mental health into account that's Mm -hmm. I don't know who was saying these things, but no one's doing what she's doing except for her other fellow gymnasts. She's amazing. And I watched an interview with her after she won her bronze. Have you heard of getting the twisties when you're, Mm -hmm. did you read about that at all? Where you're twisting in the air as a gymnast and you lose sight, I guess, of where you are in the air. Mm -hmm. So it's really scary. You could very easily injure yourself, but um I'm glad that she felt like okay enough to come back and win her bronze. And I think that she's a really great role model for taking her mental health into account. I think that's a very healthy thing to do, especially as an athlete, especially in a really competitive atmosphere. 
Oh, definitely. Also on the team, Jade Carey. I remember watching on the news about how her dad was her coach, and I really loved seeing that story. So he was there, and he coached her through it, and just Team USA was amazing. And you know, gymnastics is a very prominent sport of the Olympics. And so, like I said, the pressure. And I also want to point out Sunisa Lee, Another member of the gymnast team of Team USA, she had a whole segment on the news. I loved watching it. Like, her whole family watched her at the Olympics, and her dad talks in this segment about how he built a balance beam for her in the front yard, and she would practice on it, and now she's at the Olympics. It's so awesome to watch those kind of stories. And I feel as though the Olympics brings out the very best in people, and it's so amazing to watch. And man, I can't believe that 2020 prevented it from happening. But at the same time, I felt if it wasn't for 2020, these athletes wouldn't be as ready as they would. Yes, definitely. I also love to see the sportsmanship. I think the best sportsmanship I ever see on TV is at the Olympics. And I even saw a commercial and I don't like commercials. I think they're long and I don't like to watch them. But there was a really cute and heartwarming commercial where they showed all of these Olympic athletes showing good sportsmanship to their fellow competitors and all of these children watching their role models on TV doing that. And they really are great role models. I did see a couple of instances where uh, I believe it was a track event and there was an accident where one someone nicked the knee of the guy behind him and it caused them both to trip and fall and that's just so unfortunate like it stresses me out to think about that but they crossed the finish line together and they shook hands they finished the race sportsmanship is at its peak in the olympics i think i love to see it absolutely see everyone together so moving on from the olympics let's talk about how we are returning back to campus in the fall of course we have to wear masks but we are returning back to campus. So going into that, I am now going to talk about the featured opinion of the week. This is very exciting, Caitlin. And it's really awesome because last week, the writer of this article, Jessica Octavio, she was featured on the podcast and she gave me a sneak peek of what her article is about. Yes. And so Octavio, our senior staff writer, wrote about how a community-based approach to COVID-19 vaccine distribution is beneficial. So last week, Octavio gave us an inside scoop about how she talked to anthropologist Dr. E.J. Sobo, who's working with the School of Public Health and graduate students at SDSU. And I remember her talking that The people who have gotten the vaccine are the easiest to convince, are the ones who said, yes, let me get the vaccine, I'm ready, and got it. And so in her article, she goes into detail about how some people can't get the vaccine for whatever reason. Specifically, she gained a valuable insight on the barriers preventing San Diegans, especially the Latinx population, from receiving the vaccine. And so CommuniVax, a nationwide effort to find solutions to providing the COVID-19 vaccine, is working with SDSU, like I mentioned, and they observed obstacles that prevent people from getting the vaccine, including the need to take care of a family member, issues taking time off work, language barriers, 
and dialogue within the communities, people who are wary of the vaccine effects, and how important it is to have promoters that advocate within the community of color, whether it be Latinx, Black, whatever, who earn the trust of the people and has been constantly underserved by the healthcare system. And I totally agree with her on that point because a lot of people don't understand like medical terms and what that so if they have somebody who can talk about it casually and explain it in casual terms that's not attacking people all at once with this medical mumbo jumbo but in a way that it makes sense to them and they convince themselves that hey maybe i should take the vaccine quote when marginalized groups can have genuine conversations with someone they trust barriers such as lack of understanding or difficulty navigating the health system become easier to break down this is why it's so important for local health systems to collaborate with community-based organizations faith-based organizations and community health workers in order to attain the necessary milestones in the vaccine rollout. I absolutely enjoyed her article. I loved reading it. Absolutely. And it's eye-opening. And I agree. And I also think like the way to convince people or try to help more people understand information about the vaccine also isn't to like make them feel like, oh, this is so obvious. Why don't you understand what this means? Like you said, like not everyone has like that medical degree or has that understanding and people have reservations. And I think that's, it's good to explain it. Like you said, in a casual way, explain what these big confusing words mean, explain why the vaccine has been effective. Yeah, absolutely. And Octavio goes on to say at the end of her article how SDSU graduate research assistant Sarah Song shared she was able to guide her father through his concerns about the vaccine through thoughtful research, listening, and having uncomfortable conversations, and in the end, she was able to protect someone she loved from COVID-19. Quote, don't underestimate the power of your research and the influence you have over others, Song said end quote. I like our featured opinion of the week. Me too. Jessica did a really, really good job. That is all we have for this episode of the podcast. Thank you everyone for tuning in and listening. We will see you next week for our next episode. We will. I'm Caitlin Robinson. And I'm Sarah Rott. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had as much fun as we did because we had a blast here. And we'll see you guys next week on another episode of Production Night. Bye everyone. Bye. Thank you.